He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Friday, September 9th, 2022. I hope you are at the end of your week. I hope my listeners in Saudi Arabia will be uh, set free for a couple of hours this weekend to enjoy the sand with your family. (laughs) That's fucked, but I'm glad that you're listening in Saudi Arabia, and I hope that uh, everyone has the weekend off and doesn't have to work. If you want to see me talk some bullshit... I will be in Lincolnton, Georgia, of all places, with Uncle Plug tonight. Uh, it's, I don't know where it is exactly. I think it's two hours east of the city of Atlanta. I think it's me, Uncle Plug, Plug Chapman, and uh, Vanetta Schofield on that show. should be very fun. Saturday, I am uh, doing one of my least favorite things, and acting, being a, a subject in... In a, but I'm doing it with people that I, I like quite a bit, so I don't know how it's going to turn out. Will it ultimately be a waste of time? No, because I will be helping out people I care about and who have solicited my participation in their <laughs> vanity projects. I'm fucking around. So that is what I'm going to be. And then Saturday afternoon, I'm going to be at the Laughing Skull Lounge at 5 p.m. And then uh, back there at 8 p.m., Saturday night, so come say hello and, you know, raise a glass. I am in a vehicle, I'm in a comfortable vehicle right now, so you might recognize the occasional uh, car acoustics, it sounds a little reverby, right, when I record from a car or a vehicle, this is more than a car, this is a, it's like a, how would you characterize this? Is it, is it an SUV? Uh, yeah, mid-sized, it, small, large SUV. It's a small, did you hear that it's voice? It's a big, mid-sized SUV. It's a, well, go ahead and flex on them. It's a big, mid-sized SUV. You just heard another voice on this podcast. This podcast has more than 200 episodes. We have listeners in Saudi Arabia... Argentina my and by the way the other day I was talking about how Maradona is the greatest soccer player in the world and Argentina you should be very proud about that because not only did he do what he did but he did it while battling a tremendous cocaine addiction in Naples he took Napoli to European glory and but I was doing it in a way where I was like apologizing because Messi, Messi, Messi is not the greatest player of all time, but Messi is still Argentine. And you know what, though? I never really think about him that way because he hasn't won shit for your country. (laughs) And I know that's why he is, to this day, a polarizing figure and probably not polarizing. He's Messi, 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 Messi. But I think of him as a, you know, we live in 2022. He's a citizen of the world. He belongs to no state other than the Catalan state and Barcelona. So my listeners in Saudi Arabia, in Argentina, in, for the love of all things sacred, Pittstown, New Jersey, that was just the second time in the podcast existence that you've heard a voice other than my own. And apparently that is what reviewers really want. Because that nitwit who left that four out of five star review for the podcast 
said it would be beneficial if he had a podcast co-host. Well, why don't you go listen to your boyfriend? <laughs> I'm kidding. Go listen to Aaron Rodgers do some more research for you on the vaccine. The voice, you, so there's been one other voice on the podcast. Who was that? You remember my daughter. And I think it was like exclusive event when she was maybe one and, I don't know, one and a half, two years old, and we were having dinner. Well, there is another voice for only, and you know what, dude? I didn't even think about this. I don't want to say it's an honor for you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But yes. you're on the goddamn Getting My Act Together podcast. Your voice, your comedic insights are now being broadcast to, I'm also very popular, I don't know if I've told you this, in Taiwan. Mm. Did you know that? Mm. There is a great power of misclicking that seems to get people to my podcast. Anyway, it's Paul, It's headlining comic. I, and I, you've heard me talk about it on this on this podcast that I go out on the road with Paul every time. I'm grateful that he invites me and surprised that he still wants to close. <laughs> I'm thrilled that Paul takes me out on the road with him. Paul Ollinger, clap, everybody clap your hands in this mid to luxury size, whatever it is. It's a nice car. Paul, and I'm going to turn it over to him shortly. I'm not going to turn it over to him. We'll have a bit of banter. I don't know how it's going to sound, so I might have to translate some things that he says because he's, you know, it's a big car. He's like nine feet away from me in the driver's seat. And of course, I'm in the way back. <laughs> you remember the way back, right, Paul? I do. You didn't need seatbelts in the way back. You needed them. You just didn't have them. Jesus Christ. Do you remember the Subaru Brat? No. I mean, I remember that it existed. I didn't have any personal experience with it. I don't know how well you can hear Paul. And if you say to yourself, I can't hear Paul. Well, then I'm going to translate what he said. He doesn't exactly remember the Subaru Brat. But again... Google Subaru Brat and you'll see that it was a truck which Subaru's changed over the years. Subaru used to make a truck. A truck with simply two soccer manager seats in the back. In the bed of the truck. Not in the back of the truck. In the bed of the truck. So imagine a pickup truck. like Not like a Ford Raptor. Not like that. The official vehicle of the race wars not something like that where it's like Ford's now making cars with black and gray American flags again a violation of the flag code you fucking hypocrites but anyway I'm talking about like the official vehicle of Southern California like a Toyota SR5 like a a small Toyota pickup truck imagine Subaru doing that with two seats in the back of the bed facing the direction from which you came okay it's like when you sit on the wrong side of a train and it, you only see what went before you as opposed to seeing what's coming ahead Subaru had two seats and by the way the seats occluded the view that the driver would have from the rear view and did they have seatbelts I don't know if they have seatbelts because my I, at least my mom would never let me go into one. I'm like, no, but my math teacher in seventh grade has one, and he wants to take me in his helicopter and backpacking, too. She's huh. like, no. Yeah, right. Isn't that uh, funny? Father, what was that? <clears throat> I didn't go to I went to public school. You went to Catholic school growing up, right? 12 years. Paul went to 12 years. 
12 years a servant of the Lord. So, Six kids. We had a station wagon. I sat in the way back. Now, also, I'm not going to stop and check levels right now because I'm so interested in getting you this live content. And that's what it is, content. I'm so interested in delivering authenticity to you that I might translate what Paul said. And you'll be like, dude, we can fucking hear him just fine. Okay. Just know that in me repeating what Paul says, I'm looking out for you. And Paul said that he was one of six kids. And he sat in the way back of what used to be called a station wagon. And uh, he had no seatbelts. Anyway, <clears throat> station wagon's kind of redundant. The Subaru Brat, imagine two seats. Imagine, since we've talked so much soccer on the last couple podcasts, do you remember the chairs that Arsene Wenger used to sit in? <laughs> Just look at a manager in a soccer game's chair, the home team. It looks like <clears throat> one of those chairs that those video game knobs you know, spends two grand on. Dude, eyes on the fucking road. Do you want me to... Hey. Do you want me to navigate? 17 miles. I want to make sure you just keep talking. You're good. That's how the podcast is going. Paul is endangering our lives by pulling out his phone. When I said, all right, dude, we have 40 minutes. And then, like, after five minutes... All right. Subaru Brat, Google it. I don't know if they had seatbelts, but there are two chairs facing the back of the truck in the truck bed. And you know what they did have, though? What? They had handle grips. Oh, that's helpful when you shoulder roll off the desert highway. Yes, and that's exactly how it went. People would drive from San Diego to Arizona, but more commonly from Arizona to Southern California. And there's like a... It's like the three, four-hour mark going through those uh, desert hills where people just fucking lost it and died. People from my high school died. Anyway, that was a, that's what I wanted to tell you about the Subaru Brat. So Paul and I are driving back from our show in Columbus, Georgia. Great to see everyone, uh, all the podcast listeners from Columbus come out tonight. Thank you. People, when you, the proverbial, when are you playing Columbus? I told you I'm playing Columbus. Columbus, good to see you. When are you coming back to Columbus? Fucking never, I hope. No, I'm kidding. It was a great time. Paul and I have not, we're in the car headed back, obviously. We have not spoken one word outside the club about our experiences on stage tonight or the show at all. We had a few words in the, you know, where you stand outside the show, the meet and greet, the post-show meet and greet, where you stand outside the show, just kind of make it look like you're doing nothing, but what you're doing is really hanging out, waiting for people to come up and tell you, good set, that was really funny. So beyond that, we have not interacted. So what I thought I would do is convey our conversation into the podcast. And if you don't live in Chicago and you're not going to be judgmental this might be interesting to you or it might not Paul did you have fun tonight is the microphone near me oh. yes it's, can't, can't oh, there, the oh that's a microphone don't hey can't you see the <laughs> I thought that was a tic tac uh, I had fun yeah I had fun can't it was, you see 
it was a mixed show, I think. Yeah, the show wasn't uh, wasn't a barn burner. There was a little chatter in the back of the room, but it was uh, overall a very fun, fun night. You don't sound very convinced. I don't sound convinced of it, do I? It was all right. It was all right. It was, uh, you know, every show is has. Don't say anything inspirational. A hundred different variables. I'm not going to. Why? Is this a non-motivational podcast? No, this is super motivational. Go ahead. Uh, there's a hundred variables in every room and at every show that go into whether or not the energy all kind of clicks or what, whether it doesn't. And I think, you know, the audience had a good enough time. I don't think all the variables sort of gelled together like leftover lasagna. Mm. Wow, I just came up with a pretty powerful simile there. Yeah. There's an anal- analogy, I can't remember. What's the same? Similes like her ass, right? Analogies, similes, and metaphors are the same. So, there are a lot of different variables. Podcast listeners have heard me talk about this. By the way, if this were a different vehicle, I am drinking a beer. If this were a different vehicle. I'm not tonight, of course, but um, you know, the driver should not be drinking, and the driver is not drinking, but He's masturbating. Oh, sorry. Was see? That cheap? Was that cheap? Do, you, do you see? See why it's so hard to be a woman in comedy? <laughs> All I'm trying to do is drink a tall boy of Budweiser, record a podcast, and there's a male comic pulling himself, pulling himself. Do you remember when... <laughs> Do you remember when the tabloids used to refer to Michael ja- <laughs> Michael Jackson's penis as his member? <laughs> that sounds very exclusive. That's it was it. very British, like News of the World. Um, rest in peace. He had a mole on it, didn't he? Oh, dude, I don't he know. He took pictures of my penis. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it was. It was like he put out this video after the after the trial or after the investigation, where he said it was humiliating. They took pictures of my private parts and my penis, and it was like, dude, you're not helping your case. Who took pictures? The little boys? No, the investigators oh. took pictures of because one of the one of the kids or the former kids alleged that Michael had um, specific birthmarks on his private parts. And so the investigators photographed him naked. And Michael released this video statement saying how humiliating that was and how... And it, it was like... Humiliating that it matched up so closely to the <laughs> that, it was just, that the proof was conclusive. That I'm like, sure! He's got, a, he's got a mole that looks like Thailand on his, on his cock. I, I don't know. I, I don't remember it specifically, but it was pretty bad. How did we get on Michael Jackson again? I don't. I don't know. You you brought it up. You said oh, you, you said were masturbating the, while you were Denver, sitting in the right, car. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, yeah. I'm never one to address another comedian's material directly with them. I'm a I'm a I'm a real comic, which means that I talk shit about other comics behind their backs. <laughs> but what I what I thought about being down here in Columbus, Georgia. Are we in deer country? Can we possibly hit a fucking deer? Absolutely, we can possibly hit a deer. That used to, when I first moved to this house, that was one of my greatest road fears, is a fucking deer flying out and smashing the car. That is something that could absolutely happen. So it could happen. 
well, hopefully it doesn't. We're in Columbus, Georgia, so you have that bit where you say breasts, referring to uh, some talking to you. Yeah. Wait, awesome. wait, I can't remember which bit is that. I don't know. I don't want to give away. I don't want to burn Paul's material. From, <laughs> <laughs> from my man in Taiwan, bro. Thank you so much. And I'm. It seems like you you fucking you guys looked at China and said fucking what. And then Pelosi came over there. Remember, Nancy Pelosi's feet. Google it. I don't know if it exists or not. Anyway, my man in Taiwan wants to know, dude. Here's the situation. What's wrong? The cruise control's not working? It's setting it at 40 miles an hour because it thinks there's a 40 mile an hour speed limit that we're in. Which clearly we're not. Dude. All right. Sorry. Losing all the listeners. You can cut that. No, I cut. What's that? This is live, bro. Oh, sorry. This is this is real radio. Okay. This is like, you know, when I start talking about Limerick on this podcast, I see the numbers in Chicago just plummet. Because people in Chicago love the podcast, but they don't like when I talk about Limerick. Okay. They're like, I don't fucking care about those people. <laughs> all right. You have the bit. I don't want to burn your material for my man in Taiwan. Shout out to you for standing up to China and Nancy Pelosi doing what a man couldn't do and going over there and uh, talking. You have the bit where you say something about... Oh, big fake breasts. Yeah, big fake breasts. And it feels like, and I'm... We're just... It's late at night here, people, so we're driving home. Uh, In Columbus you could be much more explicit in your description and it would have gone up with those and really it's not about your material it's about those maniacs in Columbus what do you think if you would have chosen a different word if I would have said like bazooms no that's not Uh, what I meant this is not the 1920s (laughs) mammaries you know if you would have been more I'm not someone I don't I don't say that word so what would you have said tits I don't write jokes objectifying no, women, so... <laughs> <laughs> you just say them spontaneously on stage. You, you improv your, objectiv- your, object- your objectification. If a woman offers to buy me a drink after a show because she's lonely... Yeah. Theoretically. No. Hypothetically. That's, that's not, not at all what happened tonight or at any other show I've ever done. But so, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't have that bit, I don't think. No, I, w- I would have the bit. It's, so Paul has a good bit. And what, comic to comic now, what makes you say, what makes you choose the word breasts? The punchline is something like, not a punchline, it's a set, set up punchline. It's a, remember we've talked about passing jokes, like in passing chords and music? It's a thing on the way to something bigger, but it's a funny line where he says, big, whatever, I don't know what it is, big pendulous breast, big breast, but you choose, but you don't say something more vulgar, and I'm asking, I say big juicy breasts, big fake boobs, big, I don't, I, I, I mean, the, the reason I have chosen breasts, in this that, is inside the actor studio, yeah, yeah, the reason I've chosen breasts yeah, yeah. in that joke, yes, is because 
I am not looking for people to get distracted by a word they might find offensive, nor does the punchline depend on me saying something more edgy. I don't think. You, you might have a different opinion and you could be right, but I don't believe the punchline that that is leading to needs me to say big fake titties. Um, <laughs> but it's funnier. <laughs> big fake I'm titties. Kidding, I'm kidding. No, and I think no, I get it. I, get I, it. Think, I feel you. I think I think, and what I don't want to do is distract somebody who's going to be, which you know, typically would be a, a, a progressive female. Oh, here we go. Right. So, ladies, like, just FYI, we're getting during the uh, promise keepers part of the program. That's here. right. That's right. This is all about Jesus. Um, no, not oath keepers. Promise keepers. <laughs> that is promise. The dads, two dads driving home. No, I think that the joke doesn't depend on me saying big fake, boop, big fake titties, and that's not how I speak exactly in real life anyway. It's true to you. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, to go with the non-funny punchline is <laughs> is just consistent with, <laughs> with who I am. I'm not funny in real life. I've Why should I be funny on stage? That's exactly what the club manager said to me. <laughs> No. no, so go, so go ahead. So I like it. I think you're being consistent to the way you talk in real life. Yeah, I'm not a guy that's like, hey, did you see those juicy titties? Oh my god. I might say, oh my god, nice rack. Okay. To if I'm if I'm on the golf course with my buddies, saying the n word like every oh, other. Oh yeah, one. constantly. I mean, we don't go a hole without you know throwing that around. Sure. So. And who are your golfing buddies? You want to name them? No, not really. Just buddies. Have I mean, we read if you're about hang- them in scandals? I don't think so. No, you haven't. Right. Anyway. It's like John Rocker is not one of my golf buddies. Sorry, that is a early 90s reference for... And what was scandalous about what he said about New York? <laughs> about Asian women, about Asian women drivers. I don't, I don't know what he said about Asian women drivers, but yeah. anyway. So you, I, I like the fact that you choose the word breasts, but... I don't like the word breast because I, don't, I like the fact that you're choosing something closer to the way you talk. There's not a great word. And there, by the way, listeners, and there are non-binary people that listen to this, male, female, non-binary, they all will disagree if you say there's not a great word to describe tits. Well, I don't, I think, I, I don't like, I think tits is a vulgar word. Yes, of course it is. But it's <laughs> <laughs> mystery solved. Right. So, but I don't think it's. I don't, breast sounds a little medical. Yes. I mean, as as does penis. You know, and I don't say if I was talking about my or somebody else's penis, I would say his dick or his cock or. Yes, you're the only person big, actually. His big shiny juicy. Hold on, we need Beautiful to... cock. Take it easy, dude. So that's a Norm MacDonald joke. I know, I, I, I know that. Take it easy, but uh, let me see if I'm going to give you the right directions here. So, 0.6 miles to 85 north. This mine says go south. This is not interesting to anyone. Mine says go south to go this north. This says go north. How, what's All the right, time go, home? Go. An hour? Do, what's your time it. to home? You got it. What's your time to home on your... Mine was one... Yours is 123. Mine's 130. Take yours. 
All right. So the word choice, but breasts is. All right. Anyway, breasts is what? Tell, tell me, breasts is is what you chose for that I joke. I could say boobs. Boobs is sort of non-threatening, right? Are you a comic who's worried about people being offended by your words? No, I'm not worried about off- offending people. I'm worried about distracting people. There's a difference. Well, you said something about progressive. Well, women. no. Well, I'm saying the, the, and the they person. You shouldn't. They don't have boobs. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been at a pro-choice rally in scene one? Have you ever been to the I've Susan? Never a, I've never been at a pro-choice rally. Of course not. Have you ever seen a Susan Komen walk where everyone's dressed well, that's up? T- that's <laughs> a different <laughs> issue. That was where the bit went. All right. So you tell me about your set. Did you have a good time tonight? Uh, tell the truth. It wasn't. It wasn't great. I don't think I had my best set. I don't think I bonded with the crowd. The crowd wasn't paying terribly close attention. Uh, or much money. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I've done comedy for twenty dollars, and I've done it for many thousands of dollars. I don't flex. Well, I'm not trying to flex. If I if I was flexing, we wouldn't have gone to Columbus tonight. Hey. <laughs> I had a great time. That's Paul. Good. Tell you. Good. You tell me more. What you, so you, I feel like. Well, you know, the dynamics of a show make a lot of difference. Oh yeah, and, and the way just, you seat the room, the way you set expectations. If you tell somebody who's talking from the very first minute of the show that they shouldn't be talking. They, you know, they never did that, so... But he cleared it up at the end when he said he was Puerto Rican. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's... <laughs> uh, that might explain his action. It does not excuse them. Oh, getting into... Ex- All right, hold on one second. We're headed into... This is why they wanted Mucho us to go trafico. south. Hold on one right. second. Okay, we have... Resumed record. We resumed the journey here. We are stuck in traffic. There must be an accident or something happening here in. So are we still in South Georgia? Technically, do you know? I think we're like Middle Georgia. Okay. All right. So there was talking at the beginning of the show. You started mentioning characteristics of a show that make a good show. Yeah. We did a show recently where I said. The room was too fucking dark. Like, all the people were obscured, and they, like, they had no connection to the to the people on stage. Mm-hmm. However, we are not going to assail the people who put on the show because I thought they did a terrific job. So we're not going to, uh, I mean, unless you want to. <laughs> Tonight show? Yeah. No, I don't want to sell the people at all. There's just certain dynamics that... Are there, can... are there any... Sorry, I cut you off. Are there any factors of the show that you would be willing to discuss without impugning our great hosts? I just think you have to have somebody in the room who helps control... If there's some table that's just yakking the whole time, mm-hmm. it affects the dynamics of the show and if they don't if somebody doesn't come over and talk to them and say folks we really need you to be quiet early in the show they think they're part of the show and and they're sitting there screaming out what they think your punchlines are 
when you're in your setups and it's people stop listening you get this I get distracted and it's either you know you have to say you have to diffuse that but it's really what I just remembered a bit that I wanted to do about Clemson people being uh, special needs and I forgot (laughs) see you would have said Clemson and they'd have been like special needs except they wouldn't have said special needs they wouldn't have the R word pops up on the podcast now and again, but with less when, frequency. Well, when Nick comes on, uh, he can say it. Uncle Nick Uncle never Nick. says the No, R of word. course not. Of course not. Anyway. All right. This, so, like, the, the if, if, if there's a table, as there was, and we talked to the people afterwards, and they were very sweet people, but they, 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 they hurt the show because nobody told them to shut the fuck up, and they should have told them to shut the fuck up. Five minutes into your set. Did I... Do you feel like as the person who performed before you, did I make it better, worse, neutral, what they were doing? Neutral. Okay. Neutral. Thank you. Because they were going to be obnoxious regardless of what you did. It's the venue's... That is the role of a non-performer to go over and say, you know... Shut the fuck up. Because if you say shut the fuck up from the stage, then you're an asshole. Especially if you're a confident-looking white person, white man. You you look like their boss. Like David Duke is. <laughs> is you can do it without being a, hate, a hateful person. That's how out of touch I am but with the, the white like power a, movement. The, that David, you David Duke <laughs> reference. You, what's the guy who started Vice like or one of those guys that gets punched on the street? Like, um, oh, uh, not Alex Jones, but I know who you're talking about. Um, I don't have my... It's, um, yeah, it's a good, like, uh, Walter Mondale era reference <laughs> that you've just come up with. <laughs> so anyway, no, but it was like... They was hollered fun. out at everything the, I said. They too. hollered out at everything, and I think that even if even if people in the crowd are annoyed if you're the comic and you tell them to shut up like you basically put the crowd back they go ooh ooh this guy's being a little bit of a um Jew (laughs) I think I think that you can as the middle I think you can tell them to shut the fuck up I think you you can do it if you have enough capital I want to take you into my mentality I I was trying not to give them too much oxygen yes I think I think so. They didn't care. No, I know that. They they had <laughs> they brought plenty of their own oxygen, um, and so that needs to be a neutral party, and that's the role of the club to to be like, hey guys, you got to shut the fuck up. But whatever. I mean, well, you also the headliner also can then. I mean, you're winning from the moment you come out there, so you can blow torch them too, though. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think that's something that I don't think also. Respectfully, go ahead. Sorry. No, I think it's something that that comes with experience. And I mean, you know, I mean, I've headlined what, I don't know, 30 times? Oh, the truth comes out in the last two. Look what? at that. Look at the, I should have headlined. Is that what you're saying? Look at that clock. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I'm saying is that you should have headlined. No, I'm saying I think that. I think that. Paul told me that he brought me today on the way down. He told me that. He wouldn't have brought me if he didn't think he could follow me. <laughs> well, I don't think... Who who would I not bring? 
I mean, uh, earthquake. <laughs> right, right. I'm not gonna fall that motherfucker. I mean, Good point. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna just sure. like halfway through a set, just fucking walk out. Bruce, Bruce. You yeah, there's no following somebody like that. I don't. All right. Okay. So it looks like it's clearing up. False, right. false hope. Nothing worse, dude. Nothing worse than taking people who are not in traffic through traffic. So let's not do that. We're not going to talk about the traffic. All right. So yeah. you could have handled them better. Maybe I could have. I was just having fun. So I, I was, I'm like, Paul's going to have to deal with them. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. There was a host. A lot of times the host will say in between people's sets, if you could keep the table talk to a minimum, we'd appreciate that. And uh, That was not a role our host embraced. Our host was terrific. Her name was... Little Bit. Little Bit. What the he, fuck is this guy doing? He's the truck. What a cocksucker. He, whoa. Whoa, he's the truck. You remember when I talked about Maximum Overdrive on this podcast? Was that the um, Steven Spielberg made-for-TV movie? I don't know if it was Steven Spielberg, but it was a Stephen King book. But it also happened in real life when the truckers took over that bridge in Detroit. And uh, then they took over Ottawa. Remember? No. You don't remember earlier this year? It was like... Oh. A, a March? It was March. Ottawa? Yeah. Ottawa? Is, it, is that pronounced Ottawa? Ottawa? I don't know. Ottawa. As much as I dislike Canada, I, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you don't remember that when the trucks? No, I do remember. All that. the truckers like a January sixth thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. all the truckers got together and they boycotted right. the bridge, right? From uh, Windsor, I think, to Detroit, and then they wrapped, I think, the city of Ottawa with trucks. Mm. That's what just happened to us, everyone. And Paul's like, "What the fuck, man?" Yeah, man. All right. So what else happened, Paul? In the show tonight, you didn't have a good time. I didn't find a rhythm tonight. The rhythm of comedy is what makes it so enjoyable. The, you know, there was... What Describe that to people who are not comics. Well, you, you lose yourself in the moment. You own it. You won't ever let it go. You only get one shot. Um... <laughs> <laughs> His mom's Mom spaghetti. spaghetti. Yeah. yeah, I had actually I dropped a fried shrimp on my shirt while we were eating dinner beforehand, so maybe that was it. Uh, there's a rhythm that you establish, and it goes great, and it's fun, and you know, y- you you get a cadence with your jokes, and you use pauses and and breath and intonation to to take the audience on a journey and when there's one when, when the audience is sort of like not cohesive because some people are paying attention and other people think they're the show yeah it they it, were pretty fucking disruptive weren't they very disruptive but I mean like I'm, I'm not trying to be a huge whiner about it you're asking me very <laughs> honestly what do I think about it I think that I'd like to be able to I think that if you want to be like a legit big national headliner who goes all around the country, blah, 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 that you have to figure out how to own people like that and just turn it around. That's a skill 
that comes with lots and lots of experience. Sure. And that's a skill that you feel like you need to develop more? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, in that case, I did not, I did not own that room. That the table that's being distracting needs to be reminded that like you're you Puerto watch... Rican. You're not even a state. <laughs> it's a territory. Like Sean Patton. I saw Sean Patton, um, who's hilarious, but like, and he's been headlining for a long time. Um, I mean, maybe ten years, not that long a time, but like, he's. If he were in that room, he would have known how to do it and keep everybody else on his side. Sure. Even even turn that table around and have them on his side, but keep him quiet. <laughs> you know. Sure. That is, and if you can do that, then then you're really, you can turn what would otherwise. I mean, like you know, the show I was okay. It was fine. It was whatever. But you could turn like an okay show into a very good show, and that's what you get with ten years of touring. I do, guess. Do you feel that they were not on your side? No, no. Okay. Not, I'm, what You're I mean saying you is, could shut them up what and I mean, keep them on your side. What I mean is you have to be able to get them to shut up without alienating them and other people in the room. Because I could shut them down. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't realize that that one dude was 6'7 and 280 or whatever he was. He was a big boy. And he was a very nice dude, but he just... um, Follows me on Instagram now. That's right. That's right. So... You can find him. Raul, very nice to meet you. You're a prince of a man. Stop talking when you go to comedy shows. Um, He just retired from the Navy. Thank you for your service. The Army. He's in the Army. He was a military policeman in the Army. Oh, he was a cop. Well, fuck him. <laughs> so, I thought he said he was in oh, the look, Navy. It's construction. No, he's in the Army. I asked him specifically. They're building a new Robert E. Lee statue <laughs> right on the side <laughs> of the highway. <laughs> it's, no, it's Nathaniel Bedford Forrest. Come on. Robert E. Lee is so Virginia. That's so funny how you, you grew up in the South, and you have your racist icons are such deeper cuts than mine. Mine are? Yeah, Nathan, Nathaniel Bedford Forrest, or whatever you said? Nathaniel Bedford Forrest, yeah, he's the he's a Confederate general and founder of the Ku Klux Klan. Well, everybody has a resume, dude. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> all I could think of is, like, Robert E. Lee and David Duke, but you're, like, you're an expert in this. Uh, well, you know. All right. So, yeah, there it is. It's like the raising of the statue of Saddam Hussein. It's, Boy, they really got his sword just right. Look at that. Uh, just what you want to see on a two-hour drive home after... 19 men standing around a, a hole with night. their hands in their pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta drive Down car- with the unions! I Whoa, got- bro, I thought you were... I'm just fucking around. I gotta drive carpool in the morning. Uh, well. All right. How am I going to drive? How am I going to drink half a bottle of tequila between now and and uh, carpool? You have to do it while you drive. No, you have There's to go. There's simply home. no time. And by the way, my boom operator is struggling here to so hold the microphone up. Okay. What? So let's get a few more key takeaways from okay. tonight's show. All right. Uh, what else? What else did you come away from that show with? I need to do more bad shows. You have to. I, I wouldn't say it was a bad show. I just like. What do you 
when when's the next time you'd like to do Limerick? Uh, next Tuesday. Whoa. What? I don't know. I gotta look at. I'm, I'm joking, dude. You said bad shows. Limerick. Oh. Should we talk about Limerick, or are you afraid people will turn it off? No, I don't. I don't care about Chicago anymore. I don't care Fuck about Chicago. those listeners. They call it the second city for a reason. Uh, because third, fourth, and fifth were already taken. That's right. Um, all right, so you need to do more bad shows. What does that mean just, for the layman? What does that mean for the it means that It means that... It means that practice makes perfect and that yes. you, you, you innovate when you're forced to innovate. And if you're always going up in front of fire crowds... So you'll say breath. You'll say fire, but not breast and titties. <laughs> well, that doesn't have a that doesn't have a sexual. Uh, in you, there's no innuendo in fire. When you go up in front, of, I don't know what kind of pussy you get. When you go up in front of a crowd that's totally hot every time, that's listening and paying attention, you have fun, but you don't learn all that much. I mean, sometimes you try new material, you try a tag here, a new joke there, or whatever. But you're not... That skill of turning around a crowd is... I think that's what makes you stronger. So, now, we talked about and we're headed in the home stretch because, I don't know if you're aware, Paul, every one of these podcasts is approximately 45 minutes okay. because of LNC. Who's LNC? LNC is a listener who puts a podcast on when she drives home from work at the hospital and then... If it goes too long, then she just sits in her driveway. And driveway has, moments, like NPR. And she has no breathers listening to me talk and just kill while her kids are inside <laughs> waiting for her to take care of them as well. You're very disruptive to family life. Yeah, so we go about 45 minutes. So to finish on maybe a motivational moment, yeah. tonight was a success for you in that it taught you or reminded you or made explicit for you you need to work harder, do worse shows, like not go up in front of hot crowds. We're going to die. We're going yeah. to die. Car carrier. Car carrier. Go. Well, you should drive faster than 45 miles an hour, Gladys. 79. Yeah, that is the softest thing I've ever heard. 79. The Nazis who made this car would be just embarrassed. So is, it, is that what you take away as like a good... Okay, that wasn't the most fun I had doing a comedy show. Well, takeaways probably like that most road shows are kind of more like that than they're not. Is is and the caveat I put on that or catch uh, catch is a terrible pun in not exactly a comedy club. True. True. Right, because you could do road comedy club gigs and they're fucking bananas. Right. They're more often bananas than not. Yeah. Tonight was a comedy show was happening in a place that does comedy, not a comedy club. Not a comedy club. I think that matters. That's right. right. That's right. Okay, so go ahead. Road gigs you're talking about. No, I just think that it's, you know, um, I need to lean into the uh, opportunities to get better and, and just do more of that stuff. And I've had, this is my fourth one night show, I think in a, like six weeks. 
And so the oper- just the opportunity to do 45 minutes or more, <laughs> which, which you took full advantage of, by the way. Um, I, did, uh, I did a lot of time. You might have gone a little bit long. Yeah. Um, the opportunity to do you know full-length sets, you can't do that enough. I mean, if right. people think, people think, oh, you're a comedian. If who, who are people? Huh? What people? It sounds like a straw man. Oh. I think before I started doing comedy, I would have told you that doing a hundred sets was a lot of comedy. Hundred sets what? Just doing a hundred sets of comedy would be a lot of comedy. Hundred sets a month? No, hundred sets total ever. Oh. And then you do it and you're like, oh wait, no, a thousand is a lot. And you're like, no, like five thousand is a lot. But it's also not the number of sets, it's the length of the sets. And learning how to do a headliner set is a totally different it's like the decathlon every circumstance it always comes down to Caitlyn Jenner it, it does it does although I don't think she was at in Montreal in 1976 I don't want to get it I don't want to get into it about her breasts or whatever um, that every event is different is a different skill and you have to develop the skill to be able to do you know like when you go to New York, you have to have a tight five-minute set. That's what they want to see in New York. And if you're if you're doing ten-minute sets all the time in Atlanta, it's a different thing to go up, establish who you are, get lots of laughs, and then get off stage in five minutes. Totally different. Comics, these are great insights. Listen, and just because he bombed tonight doesn't mean these are <laughs> the and these the, are not worth. But you're so like they're you learn. You learn how to play a punk rock song in two and a half minutes. You learn how to play a longer piece of music in 45. Go ahead. That's right. You're right. Go ahead. So the fucking, the New York set is a Ramones song. The Bam, 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 bam. You know, 20 minutes is Hey Jude. And LA comics 40, suck. 45 is Inagata <laughs> DeVita. I mean, they're like. Uh, Sorry, dude. I do have young listeners. Nobody <laughs> knows. And I barely know what Inagata DeVita. Inagata DeVita by Iron Butterfly. Look it up. Google it. Nobody. Go to your go to your library and go to the card catalog. Why you're looking the, up the super go to the get, go to the microfiche room at your local public library. Anyway, while you're looking up a Subaru Brat, doing learning how to be a headliner is it's just totally different than than learning how to do ten minutes. And I'm not I'm not. It's just it's something I'm still working on you know, a lot of, and so the opportunity to just do those sets is, I'll drive four hours round trip for the opportunity to do it in front of a, uh, in front of a, a noisy crowd, it's worth doing just to, just to get better. It sounded like you were finishing on a positive note, and then it kind of... No, it's, it is a positive note. Oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. And I, uh, I it's 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 for... two a days versus the game night. You know, I mean, you have to put in. As my stepdad, who also on this podcast is known as my juggling instructor, <laughs> okay, would tell you, and he's quoting a dude who played basketball, and was asked why he was so pale. The answer was the sun doesn't shine in the gym. And that's where you do the work. Yeah. And the work is... You'll have better sets than you did tonight. <laughs> so will you. <laughs> so will you. Of course. 
Of course I will. I think when you're talking about... So, so I, I love your perspective. I think when you're talking about... God, there's good... I, I don't want to... You're the star of the podcast now, so go ahead, please. I'll let you close it. You're the captain now. I'm the captain now. What movie is that? The, they all have Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. It's the one where he's the. Uh, where he's not the captain anymore. Where he's not the captain because anymore. Because the guy. Because the from Ethiopian, South Sudan. From Somali guy or whatever. Um, sorry, is that racist to not distinguish between Ethiopian, Somalian, and South Sudanian? Uh, if you make it racist, I mean. I'm not. I, I don't know. The guy's from East Africa. Anyway, he hijacks so captain. the Somalis. Somali Captain Mogadishu Captain. is fucking Somalia. Okay, that. right, all right, Somalia. Adi Sabah, I think, is uh, Somalia. Uh, not the, with the, the second one, Sudan. I'm Ooh, the captain. All right, no. fucking, you're the captain, dude. Right. Uh, so anyway, no, I mean, like, it was, um, I want to do more of these. I want to do more, 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 as Billy wow. Idol would say. There's another good reference from a Walter Mondale era. All right, anyway, you, everyone now, see, when I talk about doing shows with Paul Ollinger, you hopefully understand what, what goes into it from my perspective and how I have to uh, kind of just support him after each show and <laughs> let him know there are brighter days ahead. <laughs> Find the silver lining. <laughs> Pat me on the back. Whisper sweet things. I don't want to close, but I want to say this because I was so enthralled listening to you talk about what it is to connect, what it is to have the best time. The best time, correct me if I'm wrong, is when you're doing really well. You're, you're, you're doing really well, right? People are laughing at what you're saying. But you get the sense that they can't wait to hear the next thing you say. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That's why marriage is so great. Because, <laughs> you know, you're wife is always on edge tell me more well there's i don't i don't want to we don't have time to talk about paul's marriage right now but maybe on the next podcast where are we going so last time we went to uh asheville we went from asheville we went to ash right we went to asheville north carolina today columbus georgia what's next Ocala, Florida? Maybe. My sister lives there. Alright, well, thank you. Please wish Paul well. If you... He has a podcast about... uh, Is it funny? It's not funny. It's not... It's it's very, very good and incredibly substantive. But I don't lead with jokes. Paul has a podcast. If you want to listen to it, uh, bless... No, I'm kidding. If you want to listen to it, it's called... Uh, don't tell me. Paul has a podcast. It's called Crazy Money. It's And I'll be clear about this, because Paul just told you. It's not funny. Okay? But it's... How do you pronounce the word? Substance? Substantive. 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 If you are enough substances... No, it's it's a, it's about people... It's, it's about the fucking thing, probably, I imagine. I've never listened to it. But it's probably about the thing no one talks about, except on Paul's podcast, our relationship with money, how it defines us, what it means for us. I don't know. How do you describe How do you describe your podcast? It sounds fascinating. Fascinating. Work, money, and meaning. All right. Dude, 
That's what we explore. It's not Goldman Sachs here. What? I'm not an investor. Tell them what, so what I, it is. I, I talk... So, uh, I talk to all different kinds of people with all different kinds of life experiences or experts in economics, finance. Uh, I've talked to athletes, authors about both their personal life journeys and, and relationship to money, but also the, the research they've done that bears that out. I My most recent episode was with Maitland Ward, who's a former actress on Boy Meets World, who now makes over a million dollars a year doing porn. And I wanted to know what happened in her life that she decided that the the independence that that work brought her from a financial perspective was more than justified the work she had to do to earn that money. Pretty fascinating, actually. Um, and she's she's a delightful person uh, who's who I would never ever in a million years do. Think what, of bringing into your bed. <laughs> well, no, that that isn't even an issue. Only because I would be <laughs> only because I would be so embarrassed by how bad I am relative to the the. Uh, Yes, I understand. Yes, studs, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Anyway, that's Paul Ollinger. He is, uh, you know, talking to porn stars on his... Uh... But, Paul, aside from using the uh, porn star bait, is there a classic episode of Crazy Money with Paul Ollinger? Like, a, a, if you want to, like, give someone, like, this is the way into the catalog, what episode would that be? The way in. I, well, the, my most beloved episode is my interview with my then 91-year-old father about what it was like to raise six kids on a modest salary and uh, you will fall in love with my father, my late father now because he was such an outstanding, charming gentleman who, uh, whose, whose relationship to money is so refreshing and old-fashioned that uh, it'll make you long for the old days like a glass of country time lemonade <laughs>